What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. This is the news and talk of Nevada. Now, Nevada Outlook, a discussion of Northern Nevada issues on News Talk 780 KOH. Good morning, I'm Daniela Sanino, and this is Nevada Outlook. Today, we're talking with Reno Fire Chief Dave Cochran about steps you can take around the home to prevent fires from starting. I saw that we've had a couple of house fires. One in particular struck my curiosity. It was somebody that was working with power tools on a really hot day. Can we talk a little bit about some common sense moves to make when it is, it's so hot out here in the next couple of weeks and it's really best not to be out in your field welding. Can you talk a little bit with me about some really good preventative measures we can take when it comes to just working around the house this summer with tools? like that? Absolutely. be happy to. You, and you're exactly right. It is fire season. Uh, we're going to see temperatures spiking the next couple of weeks, and that hot, dry weather is going to continue for the next few months. And we can really do a lot. Uh, the collective community can do a lot to prevent wildfires by taking some simple preventative measures. There's some obvious things you can do, like working with open flames, whether it be welding or uh, settling torch, something like that of course, is is high risk, especially when there is dry, windy conditions. So we would ask people to not do that. Certainly don't do it outside. I know there are businesses, commercial operations that do use those kind of uh, tools and materials, but they're doing it in a secure environment and they've taken the necessary precautions. People who are doing it at home, maybe outside in their driveways, are putting the community at unnecessary risk. It also doesn't have to be that obvious. Some things like some simple things like simply mowing your lawn or increase the risk of wildfire. Lawnmowers can throw rocks, rocks hit each other, they create a spark. Again, hot, dry, windy conditions, that spark can take off. So you could do simple things like doing those chores early in the morning on cooler days when the wind's down. Um, again, taking precautions to help keep our community safe will benefit all of us. Yeah, and those lawn tractors, too. It's probably best not to do that around noon or one o'clock in the afternoon, right, buddy? (laughs) Exactly. You know, we encourage people to get up early. It's cooler. It's better working conditions for you, the human, and it's safer uh, in terms of fire prevention. You know a lot about ignition rates and things like that. How easy it is, is it for us? I mean, come on. I watch the survival shows. It takes them forever to spark a fire. But you're telling me that a couple of rocks together with a lawnmower and that creates a fire right off the bat? How's that work? You know, it's really, and it does. It, it sounds uh, maybe a little far-fetched, but it happens every year. Um, and that's because of the conditions. You know, you mentioned the, the survival shows where they have difficulty starting a fire. But typically they're not working to start a fire in hot, dry, windy conditions, right? They're in a cold, miserable situation. Um, That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a situation where everything is dried out, the fuels, and by fuels, of course, I mean the grass, the brush, the things that can catch a spark. They've all dried out. They're paper dry. They're ready to, to receive that spark. And if we do something like 
knock a couple rocks together with our lawnmower. Even a weed eater can throw rocks and cause that spark. The other thing that happens literally every year are sparks caused by people out target shooting. Um, in the, you know, we have a lot of public land and people enjoy doing that. And I'm, I'm certainly not against that as a recreational act- activity. But there are safe, secure ranges where that can be done, where you eliminate the risk of wildfire. And so we ask people when the conditions are risky like they are now that they take advantage of those situations. Down the Carson Range. And yeah, I've talked to the BLM a little bit about wildfire this year, too. And they're saying that automobile starts seem to be the top on the list for human-caused fires, a target shooting coming up a close second, I believe. And again, yeah, they, we, we all enjoy recreating on public lands, but if you're getting off the improved roads, and it, it doesn't have to be, I'm not talking about necessarily a paved road, there are plenty of Forest Service roads which are gravel or dirt um, where it's safe to drive, but as soon as you start going cross-country and exposing that dry sagebrush or other fuel to the hot components of your car, whether it's a catalytic converter um, whatever else you got going on. Um, the other thing that people may not be aware of, you know, when they're dragging their trailer, whether it be a camp trailer or maybe a trailer with their side-by-side on it, those trailers have chains, and those chains need to be hooked up properly, meaning they can't drag, because if they're dragging on the road, they'll throw sparks as well, and that's all it takes to get a fire going. We're talking with Reno Fire Chief Dave Cochran. You know, home safety is a big issue, but we can do things at home to make sure that we don't burn our own houses down. I remember when I was covering news in Oregon, a friend of mine's son's house burnt down because they took the briquettes out of the barbecue. They put them in a paper bag and then they put them on the deck next to the house and the house burned down. I'm sure you guys have a couple of calls like that every year. Let's talk about barbecue safety, Dave Cochran. You know, barbecue safety is important because that, that's another story that replays itself every year. Um, putting those ashes in a paper bag on a wood deck, something that's flammable, thinking they're out when they're really not. And that's why we encourage people to put them in a metal container. And I would go even farther say a covered metal container. You know, a little ash can like that is a couple bucks or sometimes they're, you can get them with giveaways. You put your briquettes or your ashes in there and leave them, and even then, you don't want to leave that on your deck or up against your house, um, because if something happens, it gets knocked over, the wind comes up, your dog trips over it, now you've mitigated or you've negated the the precaution you've taken. The other thing we want to remind people to do is those barbecues need to be in a proper location as well. Ideally, not on a wood deck. But if they, if they are on a deck, you want to get them away from the house. Too often we see people who have their barbecue right up against the house, and you know maybe they're trying to shield it from the wind, or maybe that's just a good location out of the sun. But you're putting your home at risk when you do that, because barbecues, by their nature, when they're being used, are hot. So it doesn't have to be a mistake. It could just be normal use. But when you put it in a situation where it can ignite a fire, you put everyone at risk. And those briquettes, they can stay hot for a long time. You know little science about fire. Tell us about how long briquettes can smolder in that barbecue. Yeah, briquettes can can and will stay hot for hours, sometimes days. The, the ash actually insulates the heat, and they'll smolder. Um, they won't be open flame necessarily or even smoke, but they'll smolder hot enough where if you give them the opportunity by putting them 
on or near a flammable surface, like your wood deck, like a paper bag, it will catch them on fire. And that's all it takes to get the a wildfire going or your or a house fire going. Can you touch real quick on those little hibachis, too? Yeah, the little hibachis are the same thing. A lot of times people like to take those out and, you know, barbecue when they're camping or at the lake or whatever. But again, you're using those briquettes that will stay hot. And it's too, you know, it can happen a couple ways. And unfortunately, it's a recurring thing that does happen. It's too easy to just dump those briquettes out and think they're out when they're really not. Um, The other thing, if you don't dump them out, people will drive with them exposed, you know, back home or wherever they're going. The wind will then whip those briquettes up and blow them out, and now you've created that spark, that initial flame that can start a fire. So even the little hibachis are are risky. The hibachis, the Webers, all all those grills that use briquettes to barbecue, they have those vents on the bottom where the hot coals can just leak right out. If you have that on a wood deck, you're at risk. By their nature, they are dry and very receptive to to heat and flame. So you want to keep those those flames, those risks, talking about your barbecues, off your wood decks. And doing so will give all of you first responders a break. (laughs) Which we could use, absolutely. (laughs) Dave Cochran, thank you so much. And your guys' website, do you guys have any tips on how to be fire safe there? Yes, you can go to reno.gov and go to the fire page on that website. And we have links to programs like Living With Fire, that have uh, lists of all these tips, along with things you can do like reducing vegetation or or creating defensible space around your home. Let me add one thing on that, too. We have a program, we have a couple programs going right now with the Reno Fire Department. One, we have goats munching down that dry grass and brush in various areas around the city. Right now, they're at Horseman's Park. That helps reduce the risk of fire. The other thing people can do We have a dumpster program where if you want to get rid of vegetation around your house, create that defensible space, and I would encourage people to get rid of things like junipers especially, where they they catch on fire very easily and pose a risk to your home. That dumpster is free. You can have it delivered to your neighborhood, fill it up with all that stuff, and then waste management will come and haul it away. So there are some great opportunities there to make your own home safer. You can go to our webpage, there's a link, and you can get that dumpster delivered. You fill it up, and then they'll pick it up. I'm Daniela Sanino, and this is Nevada Outlook. News Talk 780-KOH. I'm Jim Fannin. This is Nevada Outlook. Today, our guest is retired Major General Paul Eaton, perhaps best known for his command of operations to train Iraqi troops during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Today, we talk about the president's high-stakes trip to the Middle East. You know, we had a nuclear deal. We no longer have a nuclear deal. General, what is happening right now in Iran and uh, in, in advance of the president getting over to the Middle East uh, next week to try to resolve some of these conflicts? What's going on? What's your assessment of uh, Iran right now? Uh, I think we're in an operational pause in Iran. I think that uh, they're on short final to have a uh, a, a nuclear weapon. They They've continued uh, processing uh, uh, nuclear material, and uh, I hear different reports there within weeks of uh, being able to amass a, a sufficient amount of, uh, of enriched uranium to create a, a nuclear weapon. Uh, the term breakout gets thrown out there as well. So I, I think 
that uh, the Iranians, if they're not in a wait-and-see mode, they're in kind of that mode. They're, they're trying to figure out, okay, where is the U.S., the P5 plus one, going? And the trip to uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia by President Biden is uh, an opportunity for the president to do what he has been doing really well with respect to uh, Ukraine and managing the NATO alliance. So I would expect that uh, that the president is is going to, I think the most important thing he can do is to tell Israel, we've got your back, we need your help, we want your support, and that uh, he does something similar with uh, with Saudi Arabia, because this is existential for the Israelis. They have heard many times from the mullahs that uh, they want to use nuclear weapons uh, against Israel. Uh, and the mullahs are definitely not mainstream Iranian people, the citizens, the young citizens. Uh, if Iran goes nuclear, uh, the Saudis are not going to sit on their hands. They're not going to wait for their enemy across the Gulf uh, to have deployable nuclear weapons to create uh, political pressure or military pressure against uh, Saudi Arabia. So I think that we will see a continuation of uh, the development of the Abraham Accords uh, that went very well between Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain. So I, I think we've got a lot of movement right now. I believe that uh, we need to recrank this uh, uh, Iran agreement and get it back operational the way it was to get our IAEA observers on the ground in uh, Iran so that we can do the uh, Reagan, President Reagan's uh, trust but verify. So, yeah. All right, Paul, um, it's great to have you back. Now, look, we, we had a nuclear deal with Iran. And, you know, over those course of those years, we were being told that it was working. How did this get all politicized and, and frankly, screwed up? Tim, there, there were enough critics of the deal that uh, on both sides of the aisle, they didn't like the sunset clause. They didn't like the fact that it did not include uh, development of delivery systems, missiles. They didn't like the fact that it didn't address uh, malign activities by Iran. They wanted a holistic approach. Uh, and, yeah, it was it was the best they could pull off, the P5 plus one and Iran. Uh, you don't, you know, it's a, I think it's a uh, Stones uh, song, you don't always get what you want, but no, you, it was it was a deal, and the deal focused on delivery, uh, deployment, development of nuclear weapons. And when we got a new administration in there, the uh, anti-deal hawks uh, managed to uh, to to bump the prison into uh, not uh, recertifying the deal, and he let it uh, lapse which I think was a terrible mistake. And it's something that uh, the serving president, uh, President Biden, is trying to rectify. 
do you think we can get that kind of a deal back or have we gone too far? I know when when countries drop deals or break deals, it really hurts the credibility of any future negotiation and it tends to put, you know, our troops at risk here. Jim, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it, this whole thing about uh, relations between countries is it's a very human thing. It is, it is, uh, you know, the whole basis of of interactivity is uh, the in, the interests of the nations. Uh, countries don't have friends; they have interests, and then the personal relationships that are developed. You know, the, the magnitude of the loss of uh, former Prime Minister Abe is he. He not only understood it, but he truly was able to uh, activate uh, close relations. And I think in President Biden, we've got a guy. I mean, he was uh, he, he was chair of the Foreign Relations Committee for for many years, and and the deputy when not in power. And so he gets this whole interpersonal relationship building. I think he's done an admirable job with NATO. Uh, I expect him to continue uh, with uh, with the great states of uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia. And I, I think that he understands, and just by his presence, I mean, just the fact that the, the president of the United States is traveling to these countries uh, indicates how important this is the Biden trend, uh, administration. We are talking with retired Major General Paul Eaton about the president's trip to the Middle East and the prospects for maybe coming up with some kind of a new nuclear deal. If not that, then what? We just need to, to again, sit down uh, with folks and say, I understand your feelings, but when President uh, Trump uh, backed out of the deal. He promised that he was going to have a better deal in its stead. Well, some really talented people in seven countries, the P5 plus one plus Iran, uh, worked very hard to come up with something that was going to keep nuclear weapons off the table. And I think that we just need to say, look, we we pulled a rabbit out of a hat back in 2015. We have an agreement that will prevent what happened in North Korea when we took our eye off the ball to happen in Iran. So it is nuclear weapons. Let's solve that problem. And then let's see what we need to do to limit the development of missile systems, delivery systems for nuclear weapons to to stop the IRGC from sending terrorists and God knows where. And just to to help mitigate the other malign activities of Iran, all the while doing what we can to support the youth of Iran, who are far more likely to see things through their eyes the way we do than these ancient mullahs who are frankly 
a problem. General Eaton, what you're saying is we need to negotiate. We can't just sanction this all away. Sanctions are a blunt force instrument. Uh, they don't work particularly well uh, very, very, very often. You know, just look at uh, how we're trying to manage relations with Cuba. I'm, I'm not a big fan of sanctions. You know, we're, we're trying it with the Russians. We, we just we just got to keep plugging along. And, you know, the, the megaphone that we've got in D.C., that's one Joe Biden. We're using him. He's, he's gone to Israel and Saudi Arabia. And uh, all I want to see is everybody get behind the president and see what he can pull off here. Our guest has been retired Major General Paul Eaton. And we thank you for being with us. Jim, thank you so much for having me. I'm Jim Fannin. Thank you for being with us on Nevada Outlook. On air, online, on demand. News Talk 780-KOH. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.